2: Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume.
1: What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out podcast. What is cracking, people? Sunday afternoon, there were a couple stories that I wanted to hit on uh, and it's draft week. So I'm like, you know what? I'll fire up the old podcast and give my takes on the NFL suspending the guys for gambling. The headliner being Jamison Williams. Deion Sanders sold out Colorado, which just, I mean, it's just an incredible accomplishment. I got, got a couple thoughts there. And then I'll just fire through a couple draft thoughts leading into this week that kind of fire me up. Uh, obviously, there'll be a lot of stories breaking throughout the week. We will have, Here's the plan. This podcast for Monday, I will have another football podcast for Tuesday, I'll do a golf podcast Wednesday, and then I think me and Coward are probably reacting after the first round for Friday. And then I might, I got to go home this weekend, uh, might do a podcast reaction on Friday night for the weekend instead of a mailbag. That's probably the plan, tentative plan right now. So content locked and loaded, baby. Let's do it. As well as uh, Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Just my name. And get your question. We'll we'll do a mailbag tomorrow. As well as uh, you want some Golo merch. Golo merch. We're working on the three and out hats. Golo merch. Just go to the volume.com. Search the shows. We got snapback hats. We got Adidas polos. Um, Go check that out. Cop yourself some swag. I'm supposed to have some headed my way here. And I'll be rocking that as soon as it gets here. And yeah, I think that's uh I think that basically covers us for the week. Let's roll, baby. The Kings Warriors might be the greatest first round series in the history of the league. I may be heading back to Northern California on Wednesday, and I went, you know, I think I'm gonna go to the Warriors and Kings game. If I do, promo code John, that's J-O-H-N, promo code John, twenty dollars off saving you some money, you want to go to an event, NBA game, NHL playoffs, rocking and rolling, baseball, concerts, comedy shows, just go to your app store and download the official ticketing app of this podcast, the official ticketing app of this podcast, because you guys are hammering that promo code. Keep using it. Promo code John, $20 off. If you're going to the Kings game, holler at me. Might see you there. Be a game time decision, but I'll use game time. Promo code John. (laughs) I wanted to start with this because this happened, uh, I think, on Friday. So I didn't have a podcast to react to it or might happen Saturday. And I saw the overwhelming reaction to all these players getting suspended for gambling. Now, some of them I had never heard of before got suspended for the season for gambling on NFL games. Now, the headliner of these suspensions was Jamison Williams the star wide receiver from Alabama that got drafted in the top 15 to the Detroit lions. And he did not gamble on NFL games. He gambled on college games. He just did it from the team's facility, which is a no, no. And he got suspended for six games. Other guys that got caught gambling on the NFL, the lions immediately cut them. And they are just indefinitely suspended. Basically the Calvin Ridley. And the reaction I saw on the social media streets for many people that cover the NFL, is this is insane. This is very hypocritical. This is not fair. The NFL, just like many people in the media, many companies now around sports are in bed with these gambling companies. How can they suspend these guys for gambling? And I would agree if a guy like Jamison Williams was just your typical employee. He was paid a wage by the Lions. That's not how it works. The NFL players, like all of pro sports, are in a revenue agreement with the National Football League, meaning they split the revenue that the NFL does with these sports books. I also read as these teams are adding in house sports books, right? A lot of these uh, stadiums are adding sports books on site, inside, which Little archaic, right? We all gamble on our phone, but I get it. You're at the game. Go sit in a sports book, have a couple cocktails, halftime, quarter ends, whatever. I, I don't think it's a dumb idea, but they also profit off that. And that gets split through the revenue, meaning that the owners, the league, and the players, whatever they are making from these gambling companies, they split. And there are rules and regulations in every industry, especially polarizing ones that eventually become legal. And the thing with gambling, a lot like weed, is it's not federally legal. It is on a state level. Some states have obviously legalized sports gambling. And some states, the one I just came from, California, refuses, didn't even get close, got destroyed in the last election. And weed, I, I know several people that are in the weed business, the legal weed business. When I was a kid, you had to meet someone in the back of a McDonald's or a Burger King and hand 20 or $45 to get what you were looking for. Now, they come to your house and you give them a credit card. Well, one thing those companies have realized in doing business is it becomes complicated on your taxes because certain things you can't write off federally. So there are unique rules and regulations in any business. Those of you that listen to podcasts hear that disclaimer when we talk about gambling. You think we want to read that? No, it's a legal disclaimer. So there are rules and regulations. Before gambling was ever legal, every NFL team has an opening meeting at training camp and they go over basic rules and everyone's in there. The players, the trainers, the scouts, the front office people, the coaches, and just starts going through stuff. And this goes back to when I was in the league and it's definitely hammered home now. You are not allowed to gamble on football. You're not allowed to. And that is a rule that everyone hears every single year. Now, if you wanted to argue, well, Jamison Williams was gambling on college games, I'd argue feels a little like insider trading, right? What? Why would they not want guys to gamble on college games? And the rule is that you can't. You just can't do it from an NFL facility. Because obviously, Jamison Williams, a rookie, is going to know guys on Alabama. So if Bryce Young's a game-time decision, he'll know he ain't playing. So it's a slippery slope that they just say, we're not doing it. I said forever before weed became legal in the NFL. The owners don't give a shit. Half of them are probably literally high right now. It was about insurance purposes. It's why it was in the CBA. Same thing. Do you think they really care if Jamison Williams gambles, you know, $1,000 on a college game or even these players gamble on the NFL. Of course not. But it is to legally basically protect themselves and that they're hammered home on the no gambling on NFL. You can gamble on the NBA. You can gamble on golf. You can do whatever you want. So I feel zero sympathy for these idiots. None. Absolutely none. Even Jameson Williams, which, you know, is somewhat on the fence, like you can't place a bet. And here's the other thing. These companies have a lot on the line, right? The major companies. We don't do free ads here, so I'm not going to list them off, but you all know who they are. Who do you think is turning these players in to the league? The companies. Why? Because they're trying to do it above board. This is not the bookie or the weed dealer that you meet behind Blockbuster in 2001. Those days are over. This is all real. They all turn this stuff into the government. They're trying to do this above board. There's a lot of money on the line. So these players only have themselves to blame. So ultimately, it is not hypocritical. Why? Because every dollar that comes in, it gets split up 50-50 basically between the players in the league when it comes to the gambling stuff. And that's it's, it's ultimately what you want. If you don't own the team, getting a revenue share is the next best thing. Players got it pretty good. Pretty black and white rule here. And Jamison Williams... Is a big reason I'm so bullish on the Lions, right? Because he's going to be fully healthy. I love him as a player. Big short-term blow, but he only has himself to blame. Like, there are certain rules in life, right? Politicians can get get away with insider trading. Me and you can't. So we know if you hear something from someone that if it's somewhat on the line, you better be careful because you might get a huge fine or go to jail. Like, these guys know, like, very slippery slope when it comes to gambling. And surely they're doing on their phone with the big companies that I don't know are in bed with the league and immediately turn them in. So come on, guys, let's let's use some common sense. Second, when I was in college, the thing I didn't want to do at all was be in sales. I, for whatever reason, detested the thought of being in sales, whether it was cold calling, whether it was knocking on doors. Whatever it was, you know, I didn't even know. I just did not want to work in sales. So I went and I did everything I could to work in football. And then I got to Fresno State and I got hired. And I realized all Pat Hill did, who was easily one of the most successful non-Power 5 coaches at the time, was sell his program 24-7, 365. Get guys that, let's face it, we had no business recruiting, come to Fresno State, which... People in the Valley take a lot of pride in Fresno. Most people outside of the Valley kind of laugh at it. And he was able to get guys from the Bay Area, from Sacramento, from LA, from San Diego, to not only come to Fresno, but take a lot of pride in the program because of his vision. And now Jeff Tedford, who is also a Fresno State guy, does the same. And being a good college football coach is a lot like any of your jobs. You're selling yourself. And you're selling your vision. And you're selling your program. And then I got to the NFL and I realized, like, God. These guys like Drew Rosenhaus just sell the shit out of players. And they are just, they're incredible at their job. These assistant coaches, we see it now, sell themselves, use the media to create this narrative around them and get better jobs and make more money. And then since I've got into this, this talking space, who are the most successful people? The people who are the best marketers. Well, what's marketing? It's sales. So the overwhelming majority of us, whatever field we're in, We're always selling something, whether it's a product, whether it's uh, a vision, whether it's, you know, a a car, you name it, a home, uh, a podcast, We're, we're all the over some of us are not, but I would say the overwhelming majority of people in the private sector are either directly or indirectly in sales. And obviously anyone married or in a relationship, how do you get in that relationship? Especially as a guy, you have to sell yourself to her. Like, Why does she want to date you? right? Why does she want to marry you? And I've come around to go, sales kind of makes the world go round. And I would hammer this home. If you can sell, and this is obviously an old adage, but I know it's true to my core now of living through life. You'll always have a job and you'll always be able to make money. And if you do have the entrepreneurial spirit, you'll have a much better chance than the guy that's just unwilling to do it. And the guy that's unwilling to do it can have success, but he will need someone in sales by his side to make a go or else you got no chance. And when I was a kid, like the best college coach, and there were several, but I would say were Tom Osborne and Bobby Bowden. Now, maybe it's unfair, but what I think of the two, I think Osborne, little stiffer, and Bobby Bowden, the guy rolling up in a limo with his rings, fruiting his ass off. Well, who did Deion Sanders play for? Bobby Bowden. One of the great personality slash recruiters in modern day. Turned a joke program into one of the greatest runs we've ever seen. Their consistent double-digit wins, their consistent top five finishes, he turned Florida State into a powerhouse. Now, Dion naturally has this extroverted personality, which just pops on television, whether it was as a player, whether it was in TV, and now as a coach. But I'll never forget Bobby April Sr., his son Bobby April uh, Jr., or the third, now coaches the defensive coordinator at Stanford, told me who coached Dion at Atlanta. I remember picking his brain. He was our special teams coach with the Eagles. So, what was it like coaching Dion? And he's like, you know, what's funny is at the time, everyone had this view of Dion because he dressed crazy. He, you know, was making music videos. They thought he was like this big. Party screw around guy and just had this natural ability. So Dion always sat in the front of meetings. Dion stayed after practice. He said Dion's work ethic is elite, like is insane. I remember listening to Dave Portnoy talk like Deion works for Barstool. I don't know if he officially still does, but for a long time did. And I remember Dave saying like, you know, you, you have this view of what Deion Sanders is going to be like, and then you're around him off camera and you're like, he's completely kind of different than you think. And I want to read you. If you don't know, Colorado had their spring game, and out on the West Coast, spring games. This ain't LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. No one really cares that much on the West Coast, especially a program. I'm going to read you off Colorado's records since joining the Pac-12 in 2011. Their wins each season: three, one, four, two, four, ten. Out of nowhere. Five, 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 four, four. And last year, they won one game. So Deion Sanders, who's one of the greatest football players of all time, has honestly turned into one of the great salesmen I've ever seen. Because what he just accomplished, getting 45,000 people at a program who is not just coming off a one in 11 season, they have been terrible. For a decade plus in a conference, let's face it, that isn't viewed as some powerhouse. So Dion, who is not some Colorado guy, showed up and it changed it overnight. Now, do I think they're going to compete to win the national championship this year? No. Do I know how good they're going to be? I don't. Though, I I do think from everything I've heard, his quarterback's pretty good. And they definitely have some high-end talent. Wouldn't shock me if they win six or seven games. Which, of those records, if they were to win six games in 2023 that would be their second most wins in 12 seasons but dion the marketer the salesman it's remarkable to watch i mean watching the amount of people at that stadium yesterday and it wasn't some 80 degree day it was snowing it looked freezing and even dion was i mean taken back at the amount of people in the crowd it was just incredible to watch. I, I had it on mute on a second TV because I was watching some NBA playoffs going, I, I'm blown away. Lived in the West Coast my entire life. My year scouting, I went through. The city's cool, Boulder, but the program sucked. They didn't have any NFL prospects. And what he's done in a short period of time, now will it translate to win? I don't know. But Deion Sanders could sell ice to an Eskimo because, holy moly, is that guy know what he's doing.
2: Terms apply. Learn more at
1: AmericanExpress.com slash Let's dive into a couple of draft things. I, I wanted to just hammer through the five things going into draft week that I'm most excited to see. Uh, and just for, for me, the biggest storylines and things that I- intrigue me the most uh, because this is always a fun week. I think overall this draft is probably la- lacking a little juice. Uh, it's definitely not the most star-studded group and I think it's universally... Accepted in the league, it, it's probably lacking talent relative to some previous drafts the last couple of years, which have been very, very talent rich. I mean, a couple of years ago, the twenty draft of the Jamar Chases and the and the Waddles and the Devontae Smiths and the Panay sewells i mean, it was just stacked, right? It was it was stupid. That's not happened here. Uh, but let's just fire through five things that just I'm most fired up on this week. First and foremost, and this is would be a yearly occurrence. But especially in a year where we don't really know the order, it's pretty clear Bryce Young's going to go to number one. But what about the other three quarterbacks? Where are they going to go? Right? Most people believe that Houston and the Arizona Cardinals at two and three will not take a quarterback. And if these other teams know that they're not going to take a quarterback, like I don't know if anyone's trading with them. I don't know if anyone's trading with them. So is one of these quarterbacks, whether it's a a lot of people think that Will Levis going to end up with the Colts, Does that mean C.J. Stroud falls and and tumbles? Um, I don't know. Like, what I saw C.J. Stroud in that Georgia game seems a little crazy to me that if Will Levis would go above him, but that's not the way the NFL always works, right? It's not about just one individual game uh, in college, right? It's about your future, your ceiling, everything that, you know, these GMs think that you have. It's, It's not about 2023. It's like, what can you be in three or four years? And Anthony Richardson is truly one of the great wild cards we've ever seen. Listen, in a draft where no one thinks these quarterbacks are that great, I would swing for the fences based on everything I've heard. Good guy, smart kid, like checks a lot of boxes off the field, just kind of raw. Uh, like I, I would lean that way because y- y- it's easy to fail. Well, his his floor is a little higher. There is no such thing as a high floor in the NFL draft. It does not exist. Beside like Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Every single quarterback's floor is is very, very small. Right. There's a reason why a lot of random guys that are drafted in the third, fourth round playing the league a lot longer than some of the high first round picks. There, there is no such thing as a high floor. It does not exist going into the draft. It does exist once you be get in the league. But as of right now, no one knows because if we did, we would never screw up the draft. And uh, I'm just fascinated to watch those four quarterbacks. I guess the three of them knowing that Bryce Young, based on all the betting markets is going to go number one overall. Number two, it's just, it's weird. It's exhausting, but it's not really exhausting because his rap sheet tweeted out today that the Jets and the Packers have not talked in weeks until today. And now dialogue has started again. Now, I think it's fair to say that you could argue that Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, when that trade's official sometime during draft week, uh, we think it's the biggest story of the draft. And I would tend to agree. I would tend to agree, right? But there is a deadline here because to me, if he's not traded on Friday of the draft, maybe he's not getting traded this weekend, which would seem pretty crazy. Now, could the trade happen before the draft? Of course it could. Do I think ideally these teams would like to get it done as soon as possible? Probably. But I I do think there's somewhat of a deadline. And if the deadline does pass, you know, there are some rumors out there about the 49ers kind of lingering. Maybe things could get weird. Maybe things could get weird. Maybe they get weird fast. But I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's one of the most bizarre trades that's already happened, but it's not official. We all think it's going to happen, but now there are rumors that it might not happen. Uh, it's just, it's very on brand for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this, this could not go any more perfect. And listen, I- I'm not that big of like uh, some Debbie Downer on this. Like Aaron Rodgers stealing headlines during draft week again. Clearly kind of likes to now like this is several years in a row where Aaron Rodgers is getting mentioned during the time of the draft. You know, it's just kind of always something with the guy in recent memory. Now I've always defended him. I think he's one of the better players I've ever seen, but, uh, but man, can we, can we just get this done for, for our own sake? Number three, does Trey Lance get traded? Because I I would say in, uh, in the world I live in, I have Bay Area ties and the, the 49er bubble of, of group of people I text with and season ticket holders and blogs and bloggers I follow and people are just in the know. People are starting to think that, like, he might get traded and he wouldn't get traded, I would assume, on Thursday night. I would say Friday is on the table. And depending on how the quarterback situation plays out, could Houston just give up a flyer third round pick for him? Could the Titans trade for him? Obviously, they have a former, uh, you know, NFL or Forty Nine er executive now their general manager. And listen, last week Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold were sitting courtside. Now they were clearly teammates in Carolina, but in the Bears' circles that wasn't nothing. Then Brock Purdy, who now no longer has a brace on his arm, went to the Giants' game. You got a standing ovation. So you know, I- I'm not trying to say that's the end all be all. But there's enough smoke around this that I'm starting to think, two weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, he's not going to get traded. Just let it play out him. Maybe they've already come to the grips with like, what the hell is the difference between him and Sam Darnold? Purdy's going to be healthy. Let's just get kind of the the elephant in the room, which is as long as Trey Lance is on the team, there's just like this, you got to play him. There's this contingent of people that don't think he's any good. It's just weird. It's just weird. And sometimes, listen, we all do it, right? Sometimes you miss. Sometimes you invest in a stock and it goes the wrong way and you lose a lot of money. Sometimes you spend a lot of time dating someone and you have a bad breakup, right? Sometimes you invest a lot of your time at a job and you realize, that just waste like three years of my life. But the moment you pivot, at least you can just take a deep breath and start over. And, And maybe that's just the time now. And maybe he ends up having a really good career. Maybe he doesn't. I would probably bet, no, I would bet on him not being a really good player. That is based off limited information. But if the 49ers trade him, that would tell you they think that, I mean, clearly they screwed up, but two, that they just don't think he's that good. And I do think another team could easily justify, it's like, listen, let's get this guy for kind of nothing, you know, a third-round pick, whatever. Let's have a year, see if he's any good. And if he is, then we pick up his fifth-year option and we got this guy that... We would have, we would have drafted a couple years ago, and we can work with something. If it doesn't work, whatever. We'll just be in the Caleb Williams, Drake May quarterback sweepstakes next year. But I but I think Trey Lance getting traded is one hundred percent on the table come come Friday. Number four, because of some crazy trades the last couple years, I'm going to include the Lions. They went nine and eight. I know they missed the playoffs, but they're going to be a team even with Jamison Williams getting suspended for. You know, placing some dumb parlay bet on uh on Minnesota, Alabama, and Georgia. I'm making that up, but probably that's what it included. That three playoff teams essentially have the fifth, sixth, and tenth pick. Obviously, the Eagles won the NFC. They have a top 10 pick. The Seattle Seahawks, which I we all thought were going to stink, clearly do not stink, have the fifth overall pick. And the Lions have the sixth pick. Now, Clearly, the Eagles are not going to take a quarterback. I would say that Seattle and Detroit, there is a possibility that one easily could, especially an Anthony Richardson, you know, Seattle or Detroit. They both have a quarterback that that guy couldn't beat out. He can sit behind. He can kind of play the Mahomes role. So that is on the table. But assuming that Seattle and Detroit do not take a quarterback, all three teams, I mean, Seattle and the Lions went 9-8, and and obviously the Eagles were a powerhouse. Could just end up with real impact starting position players. <laughs> right? I mean, that the Eagles, I know technically there's only 31 picks, but they're normally drafting 31 when you lose in the Super Bowl. And Seattle and the Lions have their picks in the whatever, the early 20s, late teens. So if neither of those two teams take a quarterback, they could get a big time. What if Seattle just ends up with Jalen Carter? What if the Lions end up with like the best corner in the draft and they get their you know, um Sauce Gardner or JC Horn or Patrick certain and all of a sudden it's like, well, their offense is good. Now their defense is a lot better. They got a star corner to go with Aiden Hutchinson That that team could really look good fast. I mean, Seattle hasn't had a dominant pass rusher in a while. So you put Jalen Carter in that team. Pete Carroll loves kind of that renegade guy. Niners don't love that. <laughs> the Niners do not want them to take Jalen Carter. That's that's for sure. So that's watching those three teams that are good, uh you know they're just just especially Seattle and the Eagles just well-operated machine. Lions still got to prove it again, but their team is just so talented that it'd be hard to bet against them. I I think they're going to be a sexy pick and I, we got a ways to go. We'll see how the draft shakes out. I'm probably going to pick them to win that division. I I, I actually feel pretty I, I think I am. Uh and last but not least, last year I would say one of the more shocking trades in recent memory on, on draft night when AJ Brown was traded To the Philadelphia Eagles. Who's going to get traded this year? Because one thing we know with these general managers, forever, it it was like older GMs in the league, and they were just less inclined to do crazy blockbusters. I mean, some guys would, but for the most part, just less movement, just less like baseball, basketball type blockbuster deals. We see them all the time now. I mean, we constantly see them. It feels like there is a lock to be some, oh my God, did that really just happen? We, I mean, we had multiple trades on draft night. Hollywood Brown got traded to the Cardinals for a first-round pick. Uh, obviously, A.J. Brown got traded to the Eagles for a first-round pick. I I think we're going to see it. Now, I don't know the name, uh, but it's just pretty tried-and-true formula now. Every single year, disgruntled player. I, I would say the craziest thing would be if Lamar Jackson were to get traded. feels unlikely. Never know. Right? They just re signed Tyler Huntley. They, they competed in that playoff game with Tyler Huntley. What if they just punted and they took, you know, a quarterback in the first round? I don't know. I, I'm just saying, I, I'm not going to be, it'd be stunning when it actually happens. But when you really think of it, isn't that stunning? I mean, uh, buckle up because one thing we know Rodgers thinks inevitable. I would say if Trey Lance got traded, that'd be pretty like, whoa. But they're definitely going to be some position players, whether it's a star corner, star receiver star, pa- I don't know, star players get traded on draft night now. And I, I think it's a reflection of these general managers who are just kind of gunslingers. They, they just don't care. They kind of live in the moment, which is awesome, which adds intrigue to this draft because without it, like, I mean, I think A.J. Brown last year was one of the crazier trades I, I remember. I mean, that was, that was nuts. And look at what it ultimately meant for the Eagles. They got themselves a star dominant player on the outside. Who changed their franchise. Jaylen helped become. He helped Jalen become a star. He was already a star and he kept dominating. He went to a different conference. Kicked everyone's ass. Now the rest is history. Eagles are rolling with studs. Titans got some issues. Uh, that'll do it for today. Appreciate everyone listening. We will be back tomorrow. I'm going to start doing this. Thank my guy, Holson James. Producers of this show. Got my back. My road dogs. Talk to you soon. Peace. The
0: volume